Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Devlog series here on the Draw Your Dice podcast. My name is Jeremy Gage. You can find me at Jeremy Gage 5 over on Twitter. That's J E R E M Y G A G E 5. The number, not the word. I hope you're enjoying this shorter form style of content and my transparency on how I'm making my first game that is quickly swelling into a much larger project, but I love it. I love the game. Uh, In this series, we talk about I, you listen, I talk about Kaleidoscope. Yeah. Before we get into that, though, I want to make a quick clarification on a remark I made in the previous episode, Devlog 1, what do I want the game to be? And I used the word overpopulation, and my intent was not to say that there are too many humans on the planet. I love for all the humans to be on the planet, because they all have the right to live. Uh, My intention behind the word, for not using the proper one, was to state that we need to figure out how to build upward instead of outward uh, because building outward absorbs more of the environment. That was the intent by my previous statement. So uh, I had some people reach out to me and, and mention that, and I myself thought of it pretty much almost exactly after I published the episode. So... Thank you for your patience with me as I learn how to use words appropriately. So what is today's devlog about? My note here says, what is the core game loop? And by the way, these notes I write are in the Things 3 application. It's a nice task management application. I'll probably share some of the tools I use to capture info over the course of this, so maybe that'll be helpful to somebody. But what is the core game loop, or my intended core game loop of the game? At this current iteration, Kaleidoscope is sort of following the Blades in the Dark model of cycling between downtime and activity time with the avatars in a micro-environment. So swapping between micro and macro play, micro being that you inhabit the avatars known as the soul uh, for the game. And I will get into the more nitty gritty, like mechanical stuff in future devlogs, but I feel like there's a lot of um, exposition that needs to be taken care of for people to understand what I'm trying to figure out with this game. But uh, so, yeah, it flips between two big phases. the micro being inhabiting the soul, and then the macro is faction relations slash mission generation. So maybe a little bit more specifically Band of Blades than Blades in the Dark. I love Band of Blades. I love Band of Blades so much. I think I have a deep love for like administrative style games. There's a lot of things to keep track of. I just had a big conversation about note-taking today within the Brain Trust Discord, which, if you're not a part of that, 
totally check out the Brain Trust Discord. Check out the Brain Trust podcast. Uh, Adam and Will's stream of consciousness is vastly superior to my stream of consciousness because they're hilarious and they have really good insight and they have been crushing the game for I don't know how long. I don't know their lives. I just know that they're great podcast hosts and game designers and friendly people. So that's one, that is one advertisement out of the way. No, I'm not being paid for any of that. Anyways, micro and macro things. Uh, so the, the sub loops inside of the game, and, you know, if you're not familiar with game design, what is a game loop? A game loop, I don't really know the specific answer myself, but to me it is a system by which you engage the machine of the game, and if you follow most of the rules, you will have an intended output which will dignify entertainment, fun, or... Uh, what is the word when you... Catharsis. Uh, cathartic, cathartic moments uh, in your storytelling by using the rules in which you engage with the fiction. So... Yeah, that's a game loop. So my big game loop would be we meet the characters, we design the world, we go out on our first expedition, we do some stuff, we come back from that expedition and we spend our resources in our faction cities, our nations. We progress because this is an epic adventure game and I don't know if it would be that without a progression system. I mean, I guess depending on the your take, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, but yeah, there'll be a progression system and then you sort of repeat that loop by going out, getting resources, coming back, leveling up, going out, and all in the in-betweens, you meet creatures and people and places and give them character and tell stories in relation to those things. So using that core game loop, what do we say the game, like what, what kind of mechanics do we have to have in this, right? Like what sort of the box we're operating in. So talked about our inspirations in the last devlog. Oh, one I forgot to mention is that this game is also slightly based off of Monster Hunter and Dauntless, which is sort of where the elements idea sparked first from. I've been playing a lot of Dauntless, love Dauntless. I'm not terribly good at it, but I finally started power surging my weapons. That's pretty good, but that's neither here nor there. Those are sort of, you go out, hunt monsters, gather resources, come back, make yourself stronger by enhancing your equipment. Same sort of take except you're absorbing aether and you're not necessarily killing monsters and harvesting their organs for your resources. <laughs> that's not that's not a story I wanted to tell at this exact moment. I don't know how deep the game will go into survival things. Probably not that much. Because I really don't... I mean, maybe you'll have optional rules for that. I, I wrote it down. Optional rules for more grimdark version of kaleidoscope that's just not the game i'm making so my mechanics will care about combat it will care about faction relations so there will be mechanics for seeing 
if a faction is friendly with you, if they're not friendly with you, uh, if you go out into their nation, how do they respond? And what are they doing while you're not engaging with them? Uh, in Band of Blades, there is this time passes mechanic. It's just a single paragraph thing, but basically what it says is when you return for a mission, see, or excuse me, no, when you, uh, yeah, when you return from a mission, you tick a clock. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with what clocks are, they, I think they come originally from Apocalypse World, but I know them best in Blades, Blades in the Dark. So a clock is a circle that has lines through it that segment that circle into even-numbered pieces, but there's nothing that says you can't have odd-numbered pieces. Whenever something in the fiction happens, you tick one of those clocks by filling in a segment, and then things happen. So uh, the game will care about the time that you're gone on an expedition, and then it will also care about, uh, clocks can also be used as progress trackers. Uh, so it'll also keep the progress of factions up to date for everybody at the table. It'll care about combat and I am doing, I'm using mechanics from, the, that are like a combination of Hyperlight Drifter and um, Iron Sworn and Powered by the Apocalypse, and D&D to some aspect. And so those things are in there. And again, I'll be getting more specifically in that whenever that devlog comes and I'm writing that piece of content. And then the game will also care about procedural generation or sort of like emergent storytelling. So this is kind of hard ripped from Iron Sworn delve which i had a part in proofreading which was small i mean the book was fully written it was just checking for like errors and things but i'm proud to have my name in a book so uh iron sworn delve have these combination domain and theme cards where they have a d100 table that kind of lets you delineate or delegate responsibility of place creation in the form of tables. So potentially making this game GM-full, because I also like the aspect of the administrative duties in Band of Blades when it comes to the officer roles in the game, where someone picks a mission, someone um, picks, uh, manages all the PCs and all the NPCs in your Legion army, someone picks the downtime actions and those affect the entire army. So every choice each one makes matters. So I'm gonna do something similar with duty rules where there's like an ambassador who keeps track of all the factions and makes up the NPCs. There's a cartographer who makes all the maps and journals points of interest, uh, maybe also produces or generates the missions through those tables. And then there is a chronicler which will keep track of events that happen in the game and also will keep track of clocks. And then there is, I don't like have a word for them, so for right now they're the survivalist, but they'll also like run monsters in combat or at least roll for them because the way I'm structuring combatants is sort of a randomized roll situation between soft and hard moves, which I'm excited to get into with all of you for sure. 
um, and how I'm using clocks in this game is is a little extra because uh, I've had this thing called thresholds, which I will love to talk about. Maybe I'll talk about it now. Okay, so I, I'm kind of jazzed about this because I wanted to find a way to do HP. I was really inspired by my talk with Adam Vass about how Adam uses the vitality in Necronautilus and how that HP means something in the game. So I wanted my HP to mean something and not just be a number. So I came up with this concept called thresholds, where inside of a segment of a clock, there is some sort of shorthand that I've provided that delineates an event. So for example, um, if I'm fighting a dragon and it is a 10 segment clock, in like segment three, I might say something like FB, stands for fire breath. When the players get that clock to fire breath, depending on what I have it mean, it will either A, trigger the fire breath to happen immediately, or B, it will eliminate the creature's ability to use fire breath. So it is both a way to show a weakened opponent and it's also to get the oh this is the other inspiration for the game that i or a principle that i want to emulate is i was a big world of warcraft player and i played mmos all the way up until probably 2018 when i stopped like cold turkey for them they just weren't interesting anymore but what i loved especially about final fantasy 14's raid content and how it's sort of a dance you have to memorize when you're fighting against these particular bosses they have all these area effect things you have to watch out for and all these targeted abilities so i wanted to replicate that with this threshold system so thresholds are both a way to showcase a weakened opponent or to showcase a triggered ability and you could have multiple clocks. I thought of one variation where it was like a large colossal creature and it has one main health clock, but it has four armor clocks and each segment on the health clock triggers the next armor clock or something like that. So just this way of keeping track of what stage the combat is going through. And then you can also attach those things to factions like steps of growth or steps of plans that the nation is planning on taking on. So I really like thresholds. I'm really excited to use them. And I think they're something that uh, that is easily addable to the clock system. So yeah, that's one mechanic. And then what else? Uh, my game cares about downtime, so there will be downtime action things for progression, for swapping out um, gear verbs, kind of figuring out how to use tools or add artifacts to this game so that every color of player can use them. So no matter how Magic the Gathering artifact cards are typically colorless, although there are sets where they are not, I know that, but uh, I also added that flavor in. And so that's that. What else does my game, what else does my game loop instruct for me? It also instructs kind of narratively what type of people use what type of aether. So it kind of helps you 
navigate a character concept, which will be interesting. And there are some specific downtime actions that are going to be um, connected to particular nations. So there will be general downtime actions, but I've always liked this idea of expanding on downtime actions and making something that gives a very specific use in the place that you're in. So, if you're, for example, if you're in a desert nation, maybe one of the downtime actions are to find oasis, o- uh, oasises within the desert while you're out on an expedition, and that will allow you to gain more rhyme aether in in your combat or ex- exploration or whatever have you. And... Oh, my game also cares about exploration. So figuring out how to uh, use the clocks to delineate exploratory progress. And I think I'm going to use sort of the Iron Sworn milestone system to get that to be a thing. So using clocks again, but just like long clocks. And until you find your anchor or keystone behemoth or whatever have you at the end of your expedition. So yeah, to recap... My core game loop is a big micro-macro switch-off where the micro are expeditions, missions, scores, whatever you want to call them. You go out, you play as your soul with just your other soul buddies, your prism as you will. Explore the world, uh, find anchors, find aether, bring it back home, advance your nation, advance other nations, keep evil nations from advancing. And then a macro of downtime things where you spend that aether, you use downtime actions, you build relationships with other nations that will allow you to access different types of aether, that will allow you to access different biomes, which is sort of like my iron sworn delve derivative of biomes plus aether themes. And then you progress, you level up, you spend that aether to get new abilities, you use that aether, if you if you can't use that aether or don't want to, so let's say that you're a rhyme user, that's ice for anyone that may not know what rhyme is, and you use your ice, you, you, you're not an, uh, you are an ice aether user, and you don't use ember, so you can sacrifice that ember aether to the community to your nation instead of using it to garner new abilities so it's like your pick and choose you may explore an ember area and not need ember aether for yourself personally for personal growth so you can just give that away to the nation um and yeah that's the core game loop i think So why come up with a core game loop before deciding dice? Because I think something that people fall into is that they think about dice first and those dice mechanics may not, or cards or whatever you're using, may not um, support your your initial ideas. So I like in my process to come up with the game loop first and then decide what dice to use. Because I did it the other way before and that was much harder. It, I felt very shoehorned into a specific way of thinking and I didn't want to be in that so this has been devlog 2 thank you for listening I appreciate that I've gotten a positive response on devlog 1 which is really really cool so I'm glad I hope 
that this is helping other people learn. It helps me get my ideas out there and talk to myself. Yeah, talk to myself. So, as always, if you like what I'm putting out there, you can send uh, a little tip my way over on Venmo or Kofi. I have both. I spent a year subscription on Kofi because I got ahead of myself in the game. But if you want to subscribe and make Kofi worth it for me, do that. Otherwise, just give me just you know give me a coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I'll use it. I'll use it for something like I don't know bills or something but that's neither here nor there uh thank you thank you thank you thank you uh if you have any questions about what i talked about in this episode talk to me on twitter i would love to i would love to chat and i'm trying to get a discord server thing to happen so maybe i'll i don't know post topics in there i don't know how to run a discord yet I've only had discords to chat with like my family and friends, so. Great, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope it was helpful. That's the only reason I'm making this is to for it to be helpful to others. And I'll catch you next time. <laughs>